Hey Highland, welcome back to the Highland Church Podcast. My name is Matt Benson. I am here today with David Sessions and Ashley Sturman. Say hello, you guys. Hello. Hi. That was very good. Good job. Thank, Thank you, man. We have been off for a couple weeks, uh, more than a couple weeks now, I guess. I went on vacation. David and Ashley went to Brazil. Where'd you go on vacation? Jamaica. It was terrific. Um, and I miss it. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we've been scrambling, catching up on things since we were gone for a week. Um, and so now we're back. And we are going to spend today kind of talking about the trip that y'all just took to Brazil with uh, some teenagers and some families and people from Highland. And just talk about how it went. Was it good or was it terrible? It was great. It was terrible. awesome. It was phenomenal. This was Ashley's first year. Yeah. Yeah. So I was supposed to get to go in 2020. And what happened? We all know how that went. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't safe to go in 2021, so we didn't go in 2021. So this was my first time getting to go. Um, You're one for three. And. Mutabam. Mutabam. Yes. Seem. Good job. Yeah, I do. I think we should add a disclaimer that uh, we'll probably be we'll Portuguese probably... might come up, and if you are one of the like four Highland members that actually speak Portuguese, yeah, your ears will be offended. Yeah, yeah, it's probably except for David. David's proud of his Portuguese. Yeah, I am proud probably of it, but I'm go well. I'm pretty bad at it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of my inadequacies. Well, tell me, uh, tell me how the trip went. What? Uh, how did y'all see? God moving? What did that? I don't know. What's the best? How do you, What's the question? Yeah. Talk about Brazil. So like what? What's it, why <laughs> did were you guys we there, like maybe? do yeah, stuff or? Yeah. Why were we there, David? We were there to participate in Camp Roots, which is a bilingual Portuguese and English Christian youth camp. Um, Highland has been going to support our missionaries in. Uh, in Brazil for a long time. So Highland uh, supports Phyllis and Antonor Consalves, who have started uh, and maintained and, and served really, really faithfully for a long time, the church in E2, Brazil. Um, when groups from America would go down there, they kind of became aware of like, hey, we can start doing something for the teenagers this week while we're here. And that was really great. Uh, and then Mark and Ali Kaiser, who... Um, uh, came down to be kind of the youth minister at that church, who Allie is a uh, former uh, part of Highland Student Ministry uh, when they lived in Abilene. And uh, she is Phyllis and Antonor's daughter. And after a couple of years of continuing that same rhythm of uh, receiving American missionaries from Highland, Highland and then doing some youth things, uh, she kind of said, well, I think we can actually kind of take this on ourselves and we can start a, a camp roots, uh, not just for E2 kids and Highland kids or Johnson Street, because they've got a partnership with San Angelo Church too, uh, but we can invite um, our neighbors and this can become um, a real discipleship moment in, in our city that also then connects to uh, the different um, Restore E2 initiatives that they have. And so Camp Roots uh, feels like a million miles away. It is a five-minute drive from the E2 church. You, you feel like you're out in the middle of uh, Brazilian countryside, which you are, but it is also just, like I said, quick drive from downtown E2. And so 
the neat thing about that is you really get this neat camp experience of being out in uh, Brazilian beauty. Um, but then every day, uh, campers will go into town and participate in some of the efforts that the E2 church uh, is is doing to restore the city. So each day, students from camp not only have their tra kind of traditional camp experience, they also get to go do some, uh, they get to, for an hour or two or three hours, get to participate in some of the really neat things that the church is doing there in the city. Yeah. Ashley, what were your first impressions uh, of Brazil and, the, and E2 and uh we we have several we can play several different things oh, yeah. students talking about so uh david and i took a handheld what is this called a handheld recorder with it's us a handy recorder handy recorder with us to e2 and recorded some audio clips from students and ourselves uh talking about our week and david recorded several first impression hot takes and Okay, and so we are uh, pulling into the drive at camping here. This is our campground for the weekend. It's Saturday, so we're not going to be there till tomorrow. Okay, so those of you who are seated forward, yeah. pulling into camp now. Okay. Um, are those chilies? Are these like fruit? Yeah. So that's not like, a fruit. That's a pot. Oh my gosh, there's horses. Are those there's lots of things here. There's cactus, there's it's palm so, trees, there's pine so trees. Hilly it's very hilly. Woody. Like there's trees and hills and horses and fruit everywhere. Yes. Isn't this what's supposed to this is what's what like heaven's supposed to be like? Like just a bunch of like fruits and animals. Yeah. Like, okay, Kelsey, what are your thoughts of uh, the trip so far, Brazil so far, E2? Um, it's been a really cool experience so far. I mean, it's just like, I knew that it was going to be like a crazy different culture than America, but even like now we've only been here for a day and some of the differences have been like astounding. Yeah. Uh, we walk a lot in E2. How do you feel about that? Um, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, we're walking right now and I'm kind of dying <laughs> a little bit, Okay. but I mean, it's kind of, it's cool, even though it, like, makes me kind of tired. Yeah. Like, I like being, like, immersed in the city. Yeah. Just kind of getting to, like, see everything, like, at its core and not, yeah. like, through a car window. Okay, it's podcast time. I'm here in the Combi with uh, Emery and Bren and Ashley and Roman. Roman, um, what are your thoughts about Brazil so far? It's really green. It's, it's like, really green? Very lively. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very energetic and fun. Yeah. Has a lot more to offer than America. Okay. Wow. Are you ready to move? Maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Roman's having a great time. Uh, Emery, what's the best thing that you've done so far? The, that loud noise was the Comey door shutting. Um, the best thing I've done so far is eat at the Cafella. Yeah. What was the your favorite thing that you had? Um... Okay, help me out. What's it called? It's Bowser Cajo. Yep, that one. Bowser Cajo. Or the really parfaits. Yes, yes. Or the orange juice. Fresh squeezed. That was really good orange juice. Really good. Okay, I would ask Brenna a question right now, but she's talking to somebody. I'm just uh, vlogging. You're I'm vlogging. Done. Okay, Ashley, um, what's the thing that's happened today that's been unexpected for you? Unexpected. Or a pleasant it's surprise. Um, well, I knew this was coming, but the weather is. Every time we step outside and we don't, oh like, shrivel up and die. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly so amazing. nice. Yeah. 
and Frank when we stepped out of the airport. There's like there was like little foothills. He was like the ground goes up. Like we uh, were so used to it being flat. Yeah. And all dirt colored. How long have y'all been there? We hours. Yeah, we <laughs> They're ready to move. It's funny though, like the things that are really great about Brazil are the things that maybe could use improvement about Abilene. And so you hear them saying, you know, like the hills and it's so green and yeah. everything's so lively and it's like there's like almost like a disdain for where they're from in their voice after being in there, being in Brazil for two hours. But, um, parents, I think they still love you and where, where you've chosen to raise we them. We also, <laughs> we also went to the mall the next day on Sunday for a couple hours to kill in between church and camp starting. And they loved the mall and it's a, it's a pretty nice little mall in all of the Brazilians. When we told them, like, oh, we went to the mall on Sunday, they were like, ugh, sorry. <laughs> Every time we were yeah. like, it's actually a lot nicer than our mall. <laughs> we ate at their food court on Sunday after church, and it was pretty the incredible. The food in Brazil, from what I remember on my trip seven years ago, yeah, ah, the food was so good. Uh-huh. It is pretty fantastic. And, I mean, Mark and Allie were so, and Phyllis and Antonio are so conscious of making us feel very welcomed and their their hospitality or the feeding us at the cafella uh when we first got there you know some of their their best things so i mean yeah there are people in brazil who don't eat well sure <laughs> um but we were you know that just wasn't y'all when you were there hosted well and loved well by by our uh friends and family there well, let's talk about uh let's talk about like spiritually what happens at Camp Roots? Camp yeah. Roots wasn't going on when I was there. We were just there visiting for a, like a random week. Yeah. Uh, what goes on at Camp Roots? What makes Camp Roots special? I think I finally, I want to hear Ashley's answer first, but I think I finally have an uh, articulate answer for that after four years of going. As far as like the structure of camp, it looks very similar to other camps that we have here. In that, in the morning, um, there's a short devotional before breakfast, you eat together, and then they have, we had what we called Focus Chapel in the morning, which was a lesson from, given by different people during the week. And then we had what we called causas, which means causes, um, kind of service-oriented things, but, which is what David was talking about, getting out into E2, seeing the work that the church was doing. Um, but there was also one day my group did a prayer walk that was led by one of the ministers from the E2 church. And he did that every day for different groups. And then we had lunch and then we did some like bonding activities. We did open space in the afternoons, which was people signed up for different things. And that was everything from jujitsu to pottery to poetry to uh, theater and dancing. Like there was all kinds of different activities that you could do. Then there was free time. And then there was a little party that was themed something different every day. And then what did, I think we had group time. Reflection. Cha- yeah, group time. Group time. Yeah, yeah. Then dinner, then reflection chapel, which is where we got to hear from everybody. Kind of where did you see God moving in this day? Um, and then usually like a fun activity. And so it, it felt very familiar, I think, to our students who were going into a, a different environment to have a rhythm that, yeah. that we're kind of familiar with. Um, and I think that helped contribute to um, spiritual formation because you could tell that everything at camp is done very intentionally. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I also think you should shout out Je- Jackie Beth Shilkut, yep. uh as one of the camp co-directors because she's from Highland and people at Highland know and love her. And there's a clip on here, if you want me to play it, of Allie and JB talking about how JB got how to got camp. got started, yeah. Uh, so in 2010, when we started camp, I said, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a flash mob at the end of camp? That like we train the campers all week to learn this dance and then we just go into a public space and uh-huh. surprise everybody. And I thought, oh, I know someone that dances. Maybe I could contact her and um, randomly ask her to teach me a flash mob. So I wrote JB on, I think actually, you know, I think it was Sarah Lang who was your intern at the time. You're right. <laughs> wrote wow. me through Facebook You're and right. said, hi, I'm here in E2. I'm doing an internship with Mark and Allie. Allie has this idea about a flash mob, yes. and we were wondering if you might help us. Yes. And then at some point, I think you and I started communicating, I actually, yeah. and you said, what if you teach me the movements over Skype? On Skype. <laughs> that would have worked great. <laughs> and over I Skype. I keep imagining that happening, like me on a screen with JB like backing up and trying to do like incredible dances. See you guys dances. Okay, see right. you guys. Yes. All right, bye-bye. And then from there, I'll teach it to the campers at camp. So you teach me on Skype, and I'll teach it to the campers at camp. And so we started to talk more and more. I started to think it might be easier because she will be the director if she had some help because there are other things going on at camp than just one flash mob. And so eventually she said, well, this is happening at a camp, and Highland is actually bringing a group down. You could jump in with the Highland group and just come with them. That's right. And so I contacted Kathy Moore and said, hey, Hey, Allie has invited me to do this, and I'd like to join y'all. So she helped me get my visa and everything set up. But I was amazed that JB would do it because, like, in my memory, I mean, we were, we knew each other in college, but it was definitely not someone who I could have just been like, James, yeah. come to Brazil for the yeah. summer. Like, that would not have been our level of but friendship. But I was thinking, how much fun, so much fun, <laughs> let's let's do this if I, if I went and got to do this. Because I remember meeting Allie as a sophomore in high school in huddles yep. when wow. her family came to visit, and she wow. brought her cousin, and yep. I thought it was so Gachi. fun to meet Allie and her cousin Gachi. And whose children will be at campers with us this oh, year. Oh, amazing. Yes. Okay. And so then when Allie came back to ACU camps that next summer uh-huh. to Kadish, I thought, oh, this is so exciting. Allie and I are at camp together. I <laughs> love this. And then Allie and I went to ACU together, and we lived on the same hall. hall our freshman year. And uh, I organized a belly flop contest <laughs> yes. on mattresses in the hallway like mature freshmen, freshmen do. do. With a curfew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had a lot of fun in the in the dorms. Allie shared prayer requests with me, which I was really honored. I thought Allie Kaiser, or Judge Gonsalves at the time, Allie Gonsalves is con- trusting me with her prayer requests. And we were missions majors together at ACU. And then we... We're close. We were in Oxford <laughs> crossing paths. And oh, when we were in Oxford yeah, like last so week, we were like, I think this is where we met JB. Yeah. Like literally yeah. right here. <laughs> So when they got to Oxford crazy. as study abroad, I was leaving Oxford okay. study abroad. So it was yeah. just fun to see. So we just h- kept having these overlaps. And then we all went our different ways for a little bit after yeah. we graduated. Oh, I mean a little bit as in like several years. Like six years. <laughs> so, I mean, I, we had had like maybe we so had seen here, each other once. here's the deal, David. 
<laughs> about five years after I've been coming down, somebody asks us, were you friends in college? Yeah. <laughs> I very confidently uh, answered yeah, yes. Of course. And Allie very confidently like, at the same time nope. answered no. <laughs> and we both looked we at each other sure. like, why would you what? have offered the other answer? <laughs> so I don't know if yes. you remember the little Highland encouragement cards that yes. get sent out. Yes. So Allie had sent me one that was like, think about coming to Brazil someday. So all of this is in the back of my head with my friend <laughs> Allie. <laughs> yeah. But so we met in 2010 at Camp uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our 12th year doing camp okay. together, which is crazy. And much and JB. we did the shopping mall, and it was so fun. Yes, and we did That's the flash the, mob. The flash mob of the shopping mall. Yeah. was so fun. We had about 120 people, and you need you need a couple of, of fun and lively people that will start. Yeah. And so Daniel overall was one of our fun and lively people who busted yeah. out a backflip to start Amazing. to get people's attention. Yeah. And it was it was a that lot was of fun. Really, really good. Okay, so like, what's changed since that first time? I mean, you're now coming every just about six summer, right? Mm -hmm. And beginning in May, and so. What's how's that friendship relationship grown? So one of one of the beautiful things that I think Mark and Allie do is they listen to people and they open space for people mm. and and help people step into spaces and I think that's a really beautiful thing that Mark and Allie offer the communities that they're a part mm. of and so after so she says you know what what do you think about doing a flash mom and then she says what do you think about coming back and living with us for mm. a while I'll get you connected with Capoeira which is Brazilian martial arts that has a lot of uh, dance overlap so I'm a, I'm a dancer and then um, we'll get you connected with the youth group and a bunch of other things and so I came back and lived with them for a while and learned Portuguese and got plugged in and made some beautiful friendships here and and for me, that's one of the things that, that draws me back are these friendships. It's not just like showing up for work. Mm. It's it's these people. There's a beautiful word in Portuguese called convivencia, convivencia. which means like when you live life together, yeah. together, that you're in your circles together. You you live the hard times, you live the good times. So it's just not like you live in the same house together, live together. Mm. It's this we shared live our life. lives, we live our shared lives together. So JB and Ali work really well together, um, and they have different gifts, and they're aware of that, and they bring that to camp and part of their part of the spiritual maturity of camp is their friendship too. right yeah you know? right um that they kind of bounce ideas off one another and make each other better and then that makes camp better yeah um as far as the day-to-day -day formation the theme this year was amagu did i say um, that? <laughs> did i say it right yeah uh which means center or core and the guiding premise was that God is at the center of us and we are at the center of God. Mm. And so talking through every day, what does it mean to have God at your center? And what does it mean to be a people at the center of God where your whole identity is how much God loves you? How does that shape who we are as a people, how we interact with one another, how we approach the world? Somebody was asking me like, kind of what makes this trip um, so life-giving and I've, I've done a lot of short-term mission trips with teenagers uh, and, and it, there's been a lot of written about how harmful some short-term missions can be and um, and we want to avoid those uh, but but there's always benefit too and so this is a strange trip too because some people have been like well you're just kind of going to a camp why can't you go to a camp here and and here's what I finally realized uh, it, why going to Camp Roots and partnering with our strategic partner church there in E2 has is, is been so reliably life-changing for some of our students. 
And it's because um, we are leaving a culture where our faith is dominant, uh, where our, and Ava Walters helped me see some of this in our reflection time, um, where your church friends are your school friends and who you are at church is who you are at school. And, um, and you never really have to make an apology for being a Christian because it's kind of expected versus going to a place that is a Christian nation, but um, church is not dominant there. And in fact, they don't even speak your language. And if you don't try to learn Portuguese, you, you might get kind of left out. The first thing we ever teach our students to say in Portuguese um, is a pretty good example of why I think this trip is so formational. Um, the first thing we ever teach them to say is not, I don't know how to speak Portuguese, but I am learning Portuguese. And the reason we teach them that, one, is that uh, Brazilian culture is pretty proud. Um, if you say, I don't speak English, one of us might say, well, okay, I'm going to go find somebody that I can speak to because I want to speak to people. And Brazilians are the same way. If you say, I don't speak your language, what you've said is, I'm, I am not going to try. I'm in a place of cultural privilege, and I don't really need to learn who you are. But going to Brazil, we teach them to say, I'm learning Portuguese because I'm trying to learn about you. Um, humility and openness and vulnerability is really baked into what we go there to do. Um, and so I have seen American teenagers enter this trip more open to see God, uh, more open to be taught by other people than in most any other thing we've done because leaving a place like Abilene where the church is so culturally dominant and moving to a place to spend a week with people who have really chosen their faith and chosen to build the rhythms of their life around their faith um, is so effective to our students. And uh, in a lot of ways, it feels like um, they are seeing their faith in brand new ways because the nature of the trip is not from a place of privilege, but uh, from a place of, of learning and, and being formed. And it's really hard to be a proud Christian. It's really hard to, to follow Jesus and be sure. in a place of cultural dominance all the time. It's really actually maybe easier to understand Jesus from the margins. And going on this trip, we are putting ourselves in the margins. And um, I've, I've heard, and I think if we can get to the uh, group reflection time at some point, I heard Ava Walters say something about this. I heard Emery Heflin say something about this, uh, probably others that I'm leaving out. But our students definitely um, are refreshed by this kind of shocking jolt of I am beginning this trip not from a place of power and privilege, but from a place of vulnerability and humility and, and, a, and a willingness to listen and learn. Yeah. This is one of the only examples of a short-term mission trip. And you put mission trip right. in quotes because most of the short-term mission trips are usually like a group of teenagers going to a poor place and saying, I am here right. to help you yep. fix this. Right. I'm gonna and that puts you in the position of power. And this is one of the only places where you go and you go, I am kind of 
Yeah. It's overwhelming. I don't understand how things work here, and yeah. I have to make myself smaller to understand. Right. And ask for help. Exactly. Ask for help. Ask for a lot of help. And grace when you yeah. say the wrong thing. and It's it's one of the only places where you go to another place, and kind of the first step is that you humble yourself. Yeah. Not like, I'm here because I'm a superhero Christian. Right. And we don't necessarily tell them this, but— you need your church painted again. Right, right. <laughs> Even though there's— skilled labor here that could do that. Uh, I mean, we didn't necessarily, we weren't necessarily overt about this, but when I talk with the leaders and Ashley and I had conversations about this, like we, we demonstrate that by trying to speak in Portuguese as much as possible. And Bryn Reese has clips of me just failing at Portuguese in front of people. But the point is, yeah, we as leaders are trying to show that we are going to stumble through this week uh, because that's actually how we're going to learn the most is by trying and failing. And um, and then our students kind of catch that. And then when it becomes okay to fail is actually when their formation just takes off. And that's, for me, right. always so fun to watch is them yeah. uh, feel safe to try on a new faith perspective. It's really the only environment that you can learn right. effectively is an environment where it's safe to fail. Right, exactly, yeah. I also think going back to how camp was designed very intentionally, the bilingual aspect of camp teaches you so many things, starting with you have to be patient when the other language is being spoken that you don't understand and you're listening to the exact same sentence that you just heard in a different language all the time. In every conversation that you're having, everything is being translated. All instructions were translated, all prayers, all lessons, some of the songs we sang in two different languages. Um, we have a clip of Bryn Reese sharing the last night of camp, and she's obviously speaking in English. And then Mark Kaiser is translating after her sentence by sentence. And that was how the entire week of camp went. Yeah. Let's listen to that clip. One day I was having a conversation with her. And um, would, you, would you like to share about that conversation? Are you up for it? Okay. <laughs> so. Que no, no camp, 
as pessoas, o foco de todo mundo é encontrar Deus e entender o, o propósito de Deus para suas vidas. E para tentar mostrar quem Deus é no mundo e viver isso é difícil, porque nem todo mundo quer isso. E eu orei por essas duas semanas de acampamento. continuava comigo e que Deus ia continuar com eu no âmago dele. She's a smart girl. We're big fans of Bryn Reese. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Listening into patience. Yes. Oh, and and something else. Uh, I wish I had a recording of this, but Corey Patterson led the morning devotional one day, and he was talking about the bilingual aspect and how. In the Old Testament, at the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. language is seen as a barrier that I'm going to give you guys different languages and you can't speak to each other, and it's this obstacle for community. And then you get to the New Testament, and you have Acts 2, where everyone's speaking in a different language, but they can understand each other. And you have Philippians 2, where every knee is bowing and every tongue confessing. And then you have Revelation 5 or, different seven, part, or different 7. Par different parts of Revelation. Five, 5 or 7. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Talking about like every tribe and tongue. Yeah. Um, worshiping the same God. And you got to live in that, yeah. in the now. Like that mm -hmm. wasn't just a future ideal. You got to sit in a room and sing the same song in two different languages together. Yeah, I remember as a kid when we'd go to, uh, well, getting to travel since we've been here and then, you know, in short-term mission trips when I was a kid, is it was always kind of a wake-up call to how much bigger God is than just He's yep. not just for me right. and people yeah. who look like me. Yeah, you know, um, travel is always educational. And uh, going back to being intentional about how we do short-term missions, um, the, there's a question out there of travel is always going to be good for the traveler. So, so short-term missions are always going to be good for, especially the young people, going and seeing God. Uh, the question is, can you actually also make it beneficial for the people who are receiving you too? And I think one thing that's so great about Camp Roots is it really does feel like mutually beneficial mm -hmm. uh, and uh, um, partly because it's not, like you said, not really a mission trip. We're not taking God there. God's yeah. already there. In fact, um, a lot of church historians and, and people who study church are saying that the sphere of influence in global Christianity is moving to the e global East and South. Yeah. And boy, the, the church, even though it's, it's, post-Christian, it's a post-Christian place, the church is so vibrant there, mm -hmm. and uh, the young people who are choosing to live by faith are, are doing so in a place of vibrancy. I don't know how to explain it, sure. and so that's also very good for our young people to see, is that there is a Christianity that exists never outside of culture, but outside of this culture also. Mm -hmm. uh, the Christianity isn't just West Texan. The Christianity yeah. isn't just American. Part of the good news is that Christianity is always contextual, always local, uh, but that Jesus is in the Brazilian culture. Jesus is in uh, the American culture, but also outside of those cultures and redeeming those cultures and transforming those cultures. And so you're just, you're 
your mental model of who God is and where God can go uh, just gets enlarged exponentially mm-hmm. um, with, by, by this trip. And it's overwhelming. And I think a lot of our students were overwhelmed mm-hmm. by that in a good way, but just the, the general feeling of being overwhelmed doesn't always feel good, right? Like that's yeah. part of being uncomfortable in a mission trip like this is going and humbling yourself and asking for help and all those things. But it's also living in a constant state of overwhelmed that you may not be able to verbalize, Yeah. but you know, you feel it. And then it takes several weeks. I'm still reflecting on this trip and we've been back three weeks now. So it takes, you know, several weeks of intentional reflection to kind of get at, well, what was I experiencing in this moment that made me feel that way? Yeah. And it is such a positive trip. There's so many fun things that happen. There's so much good food to eat. There's so many like, meaningful relationships that happen that sometimes I've been aware of how like um, Brazil itself can become good news. Right. And I, I, I have, uh, I, you know, again, we keep referring to this uh, group reflection time and maybe Matt can find a clip that's meaningful for this right now, but our students start thinking about what it's going to be like to take their experience back home And I do think that that's one of the moments where they realize, oh, Jesus is still the good news. Brazil is not the good news. I've just seen Jesus in new ways here. And so our students fall in love because they're lovely people and meeting lovely people. They fall in love with the Brazilian people and Brazilian culture. Um, But I do think it has to become a gateway to understanding Jesus more deeply, not that a new culture is in and of itself good news. And, and you can kind of hear him processing through some of that. And so, listen, I just think that's one of the most uh, amazing gifts that we can give our young people is to be thinking of what their faith is um, outside of their present experience and, and what their faith then might always be. And uh, it's a really mature thing for young people to be, to be processing. Uh, I think... This literally can make me cry. <laughs> I think um, just talking to the people and like all my friends there, like I just constantly felt so loved that I could just do it forever, just be with them forever. And like, yeah, it was so lovely in Texas. Thanks. <laughs> what do you think, Brooklyn? Like, can you dig in a little bit? Like, are people more available? Um, there, we have more time to listen to each other. How would you characterize the difference? I don't know. It's like they just grew up to love people more mm. and to humanize people. Mm. You know, yeah. we're not just meant to work and like be perfect. I guess just around each other. Yes. You know? Brooklyn, was it you who said that you feel like they romanticize life more? Yes. Because yeah. Yeah, the affection they that. show for people and how um, they want to celebrate everything just feels so life-giving. Yeah. Like how they all want to like hug each other and just like be affectionate and like kiss each other on the cheek and then like all chant and clap and sing and dance all the time is so yeah. not what I'm used to. Yeah. But I loved it so much yeah. more. What else? What was like, man, I could do this. Um, sit and talk in the chalet with Brenna, Ava, and Emery. We stayed up and be a and not to Bia, get in trouble. Even she couldn't understand. Till like two in the morning talking about Brazil. Yeah. Like we sat there and we talked yeah. about 
politics, we talked about relationships, we talked about friends, we talked about school, music. Talk our favorite music. cultural artists, we shared candy, goldfish, back and forth, and she she like we have a video of them trying goldfish for the first time, like, trying a video of us trying acai and and like we made a TikTok because we've all seen Stranger Things, so we're like talking, like, and it was just like, I was like, I could, I got to the chalet, and I was like, I am so tired, and I stayed up so late yes, talking, it was and I'd wake up tired, like, <laughs> I will stay up again tonight talking, because how, like, if Bruno was, like, translating to Bia, and then Bia was telling Bruno stuff, and then Bruno was telling us, and, like, even though she was the only one who, like, barely spoke, like, at the end, we could both kind of talk to each yeah, other, yeah. and we, like, related to that, yeah. so it was just so cool, like, even though I'm tired, like, we could sit and talk about ways we're different and the ways that we could change other things so yeah we've been home now for several weeks what is when you think about the trip to brazil what is a, a memory that pops into your mind this of this last trip what's a what's a moment what kind of moment mm-hmm. any kind of moment powerful funny Um, one that I've been thinking about is the church members from the E2 Church of Christ mm-hmm. signed up to host our group in their homes for meals. And so uh, we were there two extra days past camp. And those two days we were split up into groups and going into people's homes and, and receiving hospitality and uh, eating really good food and you know, sometimes using the Google Translate app to figure yeah. out <laughs> how to have a conversation. Um, and I remember it, one, because the food was really good, but I also remember just the genuine kindness and intentionality with their hospitality to welcome a group into their home that they had maybe never seen before, uh, didn't know how to speak our language, didn't know what kind of food we would like. Right? Like, those weren't things that were obstacles yeah. to sitting down and sharing a meal together. Um, and I really enjoyed being able to just sit at a table with someone and get to know them. Yeah. One thing I, I love about, and I don't know if it's Brazilian culture. I don't know if it's specific to the E2 church. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, you know, happens to be the culture that Mark and Allie and Antonor and Phyllis have mm-hmm. formed, but there seems to be, a spirit there where people are just like, yeah, let's try it out. And they take the step and they welcome the people and they open their arms and they go, let's figure it out as we go along. And it has created some really beautiful moments and ministries that they have there at E2. And it's inspirational to me. Yeah. Um, This is going to sound like a cop out. Um, I, but I can think of there's kind of a moment with every single one of the students that came where I could kind of catch a glimpse of them at camp. And there was a, and and this is the moment, every single one of them. Um, I just kind of look at their face. They don't necessarily notice that I'm around. I look at their face and whatever's happening has their full attention. And I, in those moments, I just was so proud of our students over and over and over again. Um, they didn't need to feel like they needed to be the loudest or the most boisterous or the center of attention. They went and were just uh, empty vessels. <laughs> That's not what they I want to say. In it. They, they were so present. I was so proud of them uh, for going because I think they got the most out of every minute of camp and, and every minute before and after camp. And 
Um, yeah, it's what you want them to do. You want them to go and be present. Yeah. And uh, sometimes being the loudest or the most boisterous is, is a way of actually checking out. And our students were just hungry to learn and to take in. And uh, it was just an honor to get to be with them. And uh, I, was, I was super proud of them. That is a cop-out. <laughs> Sorry. It's true. That was my favorite moment. Over and over again, that was my favorite moment. There is. And, and it's so – this is going to – I'm about to get old fogey on you. Mm-hmm. But it is so easy right now to not be present. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's so easy to check out. Yep. And, and there's such a value just in your – spiritual growth your social growth all those things to to be locked in and present especially in yeah. those moments like that and i never once you know was trying to get on as hey i need you to kind of you know dig in a little bit more i need you i know you're tired and I, I never once had to encourage somebody to be more present yeah. there is a clip in the group processing time where they were talking about how hard the trip is because so much requires your full attention. Yes, listening in two languages. Listening yeah. in two languages requires your full attention. Yeah. And, you know, being in every conversation requires your full attention. It's not like you could check out and halfway listen because you were going to miss it because they were going to translate it one time and mm-hmm. then they were going to speak in the other language. And um, that's part of what made the trip so exhausting. It's yeah. just... Like your brain's working I was, the whole time. I was realizing, oh, how often do I check out of conversations unintentionally? Yeah. Because I can just kind of automatically process what's being said. Listen but, in the background. Right. Not yeah. not in these. I'm full on intentionally. Yeah. Listening. A good example of that is is meals. Uh, they force interaction between languages at meals. You, you uh, are not allowed to sit at a table of only English speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in my mind, <laughs> meals are kind of like, uh, a place my brain gets to rest. I just get to sit right. down and enjoy. But I mean, meals are active engagement yeah. time, and you're you know trying to say, uh, man, I don't. Uh, well, how do I say this in Portuguese? And and then you ask the question poorly, and then you got to listen, and, and they're going to respond in Portuguese. And uh, every once in a while, they'll be like, you know, I speak English, right? <laughs> right. They, they, they let you say, drown they for let, a little. Yeah, they let you drown <laughs> for a little bit, and then like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Please ask me anything you want in English. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say uh, next year, the Brazil camp route signups rolling around. Mm-hmm. What would you guys say, and what would you what would you hope the teenagers say to people who are getting to be old enough to go to Brazil? Hmm. I. <laughs> This was my first year, like we said earlier, and I feel like bef- before I went, David would always say, try to describe it and then say something to the effect of, like, I'm not describing it well. You just have to, like, go and experience it. And I was always like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't help me. But now that I've been, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't – I think it's really important is what I would say. I think it's really mm-hmm. important that you go and you experience this. Yeah. And it's different for everyone why it's important. So mm-hmm. I don't know that there's like a, a one-phrase slogan that I would slap on this trip and say, this is why everyone should go. I think everyone has a different experience while they're, while they're there. Um, but I, I don't know if I could capture it more than that. Yeah. Um, 
it is it is annoying even being on the other side of that where you're like I, I there's there's not words that I could use um, and trips in churches can kind of become um, like apocryphal like uh, people go and it almost becomes like the the group that's gone is their own group and that can be annoying for someone who hasn't gone to hear sure. it's like oh it's life changing like really why I can't explain it uh, it's indescribable it's indescribable um. But not to get too theological, but that is often the ways that of the mysteries of God. Uh, yeah. There's nothing magical about the trip, other than I think what I've said earlier is like the, the the mysteries of God become apparent when you humble yourselves to be uh, seeing and hearing and experiencing them. And so I think <laughs> what is so great about the trip and why it's worth going isn't because God is greater in Brazil than He is in in West Texas. He's not. God's God everywhere. There is something about this trip where our students prepare themselves um, to be humbled and to be not in a place of power because it's the more the more unaware of your power that you become, the harder it is to experience God uh, because you don't really need God when you're all powerful and not really even aware of how much power you have. And so when our students humble themselves to go be learners first and learners all week long, they experience the goodness of God in ways that it's really hard to do when you're just a fish swimming in water all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't even know how. Uh, in West Texas, Christianity is a place of cultural power uh, until you're not there anymore, and then through this this haze is lifted, and you get to see and experience God in His ways. And so, it really is indescribable because you can't describe to a fish what it's like to be out of water, right? Um, and so, yeah, you got you got to go, and you will experience, I think, if you prepare. Um, but it's also a lesson for returning. Um, we can still prepare ourselves to see God. We can still prepare ourselves to be people who stand on the margins of our culture and uh, and refuse power. Um, and so, uh, I think it's just worth it just for our students to learn that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm. Uh grateful more grateful all the time for our partnership with the e2 church and i think it's it's a really neat and rare thing for two churches to have had this much interaction across continents for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. that makes this kind of trip and these kind of relationships and, and this kind of hospitality towards each other possible and so we're grateful for Antonor and Phyllis yes. for all the years that, that they've put in there, and we're grateful to Mark and Allie for the work that they've done, and for Allie and JB for this camp. Mm-hmm. And um, and we hope that if you're in a place where you can go next year, that you will do that because, as Ashley and David will say, it is a great trip. <laughs> that they do not know how to tell you about. <laughs> the bomb. <laughs> the bomb. And, uh, and we're glad for you listening. The thousands, we looked at the numbers. We're just millions, off the charts. Yeah. Millions of people are listening. Just kidding. We haven't looked at the numbers because it's not that important to we're, us. We're not even on but the But we're chart. grateful for <laughs> you listening. <laughs> This is where I can't get the button for we the landing gear. We don't know gear how to start to or end. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now thank you for listening, and uh, 
Soon as soon you know, um, you on Sunday. what we fly down there is a jet plane, not a bye, bye plane, <laughs> bye plane. <laughs> I don't get it. It's not funny. <laughs>